Welcome to episode 378 of the Recruitment Marketing and Sales Podcast. And I'm your host, Denise Oyston. Well, today it's slightly different because we've got another of our series of interviews that we're running throughout April. And today, Sharon has interviewed Miles Lloyd, who some of you may have heard of. Miles is the MD and founder of Milestones Consulting. He also has a new business venture that he's working in at the moment as well. And the thing about Miles is he has a wealth of experience in the staffing and recruiting sector. Since 1998, I know he doesn't look old enough. He's an NED, he's a board member, he's a business coach, he's a mentor. He's also the co-founder of Level Equal, who specialise in providing a de-biased recruitment solution in the UK sports sector. So today, Miles is going to talk about business growth and looking at it from a slightly different angle rather than new BD, which we've talked about in a a couple of previous podcasts. But today, Miles is going to talk with Sharon about how you can actually maximize the potential of your existing clients as part of your growth strategy. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to the Recruitment Marketing and Sales Podcast. An obsessive focus on marketing and sales is the only way to accelerate your company growth. So listen in now as we share the latest strategies and techniques guaranteed to deliver you more placements and profits. Hi, Miles. Great to see you again and welcome to the Recruitment Marketing and Sales podcast. It's good good to catch up. Yeah, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Now, I know, you know, from the many conversations that we have and through the clients that we work with, we're often asked, you know, some very similar questions in terms of it's a competitive market. How do we stand out? How do we get clients to work with us, you know, on an exclusive basis and as a partner of choice, not just kind of like one of many and and many more questions I know we've chatted through. So I'm really excited about today's conversation, just to get your perspective on those questions and some others. But maybe before we do, just for everybody listening, I know I know your story, but maybe just give us kind of like, you know, an overview of Miles and, and how you got to where you are and, and doing the work that you're doing. Okay. Certainly not by design. My background, look, I'm, I'm very corporate. I was fortunate to be very well trained. Didn't realize it at the time, but worked in financial services. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, you just don't get it, do you, until, until you know, late, later in life and you realize how yeah. much people were, were, were spending and investing in you. But um, no, my, my background, as I said, financial services, IT, working within, within talent and staffing for a number of years. And I spent thick end of the last, well, it'll be 20 years in August that I've, I've worked as, a, as an independent business consultant, helping organizations be better than they are, helping them grow, helping them improve. So, um, yeah, so, so without going into too much detail, that's, that's pretty much me. Yeah, excellent. So, and you know, just maybe give us a bit of an insight into the kind of recruitment companies that at the moment that, that you're working with, just the audience have got a sense of. Sure, no problem. I mean, you know, sector agnostic. Certainly, I mean, I cut my teeth in in IT and telecoms recruitment, doing contract mm. recruitment. So that's a that's a natural ground for me. But I, over the years, I've worked with organisations 
whether it be unskilled, semi-skilled labor, temp-based, whether it's white-collar permanent, blue-collar, technical, non-technical, healthcare driving. At the moment right now, I'm working with organizations that are doing financial services, that are doing um, property, that are doing engineering, doing data, AI, and, and very, very tech organizations. Because yeah. for me, it, what I do is, as I said, is, is agnostic. It's a case of making those organizations thrive. It's, it's similar methodologies. You might need to tweak the message slightly and change the tone yeah. of voice a little bit and how you engage and articulate your message. But the reality is it's the same process. Just the processes. Similar types yeah. of organizations. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, ab- absolutely. Um, you know, and, and I guess it's, you know, it's kind of like similar to what well, to recruiting, you know, that there's a process to recruiting, isn't it? Isn't there? And, you know, and I know the clients that we work with, you know, they, they have some, you know, fantastic systems and processes. And I always talk about the fact that in a way, marketing is no different. It's just there are systems and processes for marketing to follow. And of course, you know, when you come from a recruiting background and, and you're embedded with those systems and processes, it's new. You know, looking at marketing systems, it's just new, isn't it? And yet it's it's all about system and process. So let's kind of like sort of think then, you know, about, about today's conversation, which is very much in looking at how can companies maximize their client potential? And, and, and answering some of the key questions, I think, that people do have on their minds. So, so maybe how about starting with, you know, how do you make the most of the clients that you've got? Because, you know, when, we, when um, we're talking to clients you know, and they start marketing, going out to your existing database, people that have got an experience of you, but maybe that relationship has lapsed, you know, looking at the low hanging fruit, that's a great way to start, isn't it? So, you know, how do you leverage and maximize that, that I think, client I think, base? I think for me, the starting point is, well, you, you've got to understand what's there to understand what you, what you need to go and get and whether it's yeah. worth going to get, you know, it's as simple as yeah. that. So, you know, one of the, one of the key things for me is knowing and understanding your customer, you know, what, what do we currently have? What could we actually get? And then the mm-hmm. challenge is then how do we go about getting it? You know, and that that is that is quite challenging because if you're doing the same thing that everybody else is doing in the same way, adding the same value, and, and don't get me wrong, everybody says that their service is better than everybody else's, and that's what makes mm-hmm. us different. I'm sorry, I heard that so many times, it, it, and clients aren't going to fall for that. You know, so the reality is, is what what can we do that makes us different? What can we do that sets us apart? And, you know, things that's what we need to start thinking about. And can we mm. do more? How do we do more? to improve the not just the relationship with the client but importantly improve the value add you know take some of the find where those pain points are and and be a solution to some of their problems you know not just a not just a sort of a we've got we've got a product we want you to buy but yeah well how can we help you yeah Yeah, that's really important yeah and 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 i think you know sometimes you know it's we find Recruiters generally are, are big action takers, aren't they? You know, and and they're very, very, very focused. And so when it, when it comes to marketing, they want to dive in there and you know start implementing strategies. And yet, in order for those strategies to be as effective as they could be, taking that time to do some of that foundational work, i.e., understand who is it that you're targeting, and 
what you know what are their problems what are their challenges you know sometimes that that piece can get missed because people are so busy wanting to jump into the to the action and i don't know if that's something that you know that in 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 the way that you work and 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 the kind of work that you do that that that's something that that often gets missed oh look i mean you know it, you know if you if you've got if you've got the same product or a similar product to what most other people have got, it's a bit like you've got a market yeah. store, haven't you? And, and your clients are just walking through the marketplace and you're just shouting at them and hopefully attracting yeah. them and, and come and buy my apples because my apples are, are rosier and, and invariably cheaper. You know, yeah. and we want to avoid that race to the bottom, don't we? But it's an interesting point you make, Sharon, because I think the trouble is, I suppose one of the problems I see a lot in recruitment is, particularly at a consultant level, they're very short-term driven and motivated. Um, mm. rewarded for short-term success uh, you know how many how many contractors have we got out how many how, what's our gp looking like next week and um you know next month and so on and so forth so okay so one of the one of the real issues is is the short-termism that, that i see a lot in recruitment you know consultants mm. are under pressure to perform now to perform today this week this month how much have you got on the board you know and quite often to go and do a more consultative sell, to do a solution sell, to do a deeper dive. You need to spend time mm. with those clients. You need yeah. to be not just not just talking to them about, and, and don't get me wrong, you know, people don't do that in the way that they used to in, in the olden days. It's not about, you know, have you got any jobs, mate, type of scenario. Yeah. But the reality is we need to be talking about what 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 are your plans, Mr. Client? What's happening? What's what things have you got going on in your business that's going to affect mm. your talent? planning and, mm. and, and management um, how can we be part of what you need from from your talent going forward as an organization and and, yeah. and for me there's a there's a conflict quite often in the way that you know we need fees on the board and a solution sell and it's why it's why successful organizations that have got deeper rooted relationships with clients and have yeah. more than contingent no win no fee business those organizations invest in people to invest time with their clients and yes. see the value in taking time to map out the customer, to understand the client, the pain points, mm. the challenges, the issues, to get to know not just the hiring managers, but to get to actually infiltrate the whole organization because it, it, that's an investment of time. It will pay off, but quite often it, it won't pay off in the short term. And, that, no. and that's where quite often the, pro the problem lies. Yeah. And, and I guess also, you know, it, it becomes, it's moving away from that, you know, that transactional sell, as you say, into not just consultative in a way, but also looking at, you know, the business as an account and not, you know, one or two relationships, isn't it? And just, it, it becomes a much more strategic, you know, conversation. Absolutely. And, and yeah, I mean, it's very easy to get comfortable very quickly with a client. And, you know, yeah. I've, I've heard it said many times that I've got, I've got a great relationship with them and they won't go anywhere else. They won't use anybody else. And the reality is we, we might have one, maybe two very good relationships. Um, the mm. challenge, yeah, the challenge often is, is that relationships are, might be in one area or they might be at a certain level. Do we have mm -hmm. a, a director level type of relationship? You know, quite often... Things nowadays, clients have options. You know, it, it's they simple do. as that. And, and, and change, they have a lot and change of options, happens. don't they? They do. They do. Doing, doing yeah. nothing is one of their options. Changing supply is an option. Outsourcing mm -hmm. as an RPO is an option. 
And, and again, I've, I've seen more than one situations where clients of mine have, have thought there's no threat, there's no issue, there's no problem. And all of a sudden, they get told by their really good friends now, because they've had relationships for three, four, five years with these clients, that they can no longer use them because actually the business has now told them they've got to now use a different approach. And we've now yeah. got this other provider or we've got this software or, you know, yeah. there's this neutral vendor that's been appointed. And, you know, the, the, the agency sat there saying, well, what happened there? Well, what happened was you weren't having the right conversations at the right levels. Yeah. So you weren't even at the table when those decisions have been made. And, yeah. and that, and that's a big, big challenge, isn't it? Particularly if, as I see with a lot of agencies, you know, you might have high concentration levels, you know, too, too much business with too few clients. It's like, oh, my goodness, you get your arms yes. all over them, get around them, get into them, on top of them, understand yeah. them, because you can't afford to lose. You know, if you've got more than 5% of your business with any one client, that is a massive risk to you as an organization. It is. And, and I think, you know, like, like, like you say, I, you know, I do experience that, you know, with, with smaller organizations. And I think one of, one of the things that often will get them thinking and engaging in marketing is that that realization that they've got too many eggs in, in one basket and, and they are exposed, you know, and they may well be longstanding clients. But yet, as you say, if those relationships, there's, those relate well, let's say the account is dependent upon only a small number of relationships. All you need is one person to leave, somebody new come in, and that changes the dynamic, doesn't it? And how oh, often absolutely. You're absolutely right. It it really does. I mean, part of the you know, we talked earlier about, you know, the importance of process. You know, we shouldn't be a slave to process. It's not a case of, you know computer says this and therefore we do it or yeah. you know the flow chart says we go there so we have to do it but but yeah. having rigor in your process and procedures is important it's another reason why if ever you go in to to an agency that is probably north of 40 consultants quite often what you see in those organizations is a structure that they put in place around their their important clients some some of them yeah. call them key clients you know, there's a number of different things that they'll do, house accounts or whatever. But, you know, yes. they, they have a very different process for how they manage their important customers and how they categorize yeah. those customers as well. Mm. Why do they do that? They do that because we need to protect what we've got. got. We need to make sure that we're offering as much as we possibly can to them to keep them sweet, to keep them friendly. And, um, and, mm. that, and those relationships need to be broader and deeper than they will for a, a, a typical transactional business. I mean, the, the other benefit, obviously, you've got of having relationships at that level is you get the opportunity to do more than just spot business. You know, that, yeah. that's, that's a great advantage for recruitment businesses. You know, yeah. no win, no fee is okay, but it's, it's short-term, it's tactical, it's functional. But if you can start working with clients where they'll give you projects of, you know, 20, 30 roles over six or six or eight months or yeah. you can get an agreement in place where there's a management fee structure in place not just a we get all our money when we make placements we, uh, yeah you can get an extended agreement over maybe one two even three years when you build that confidence mm. you know that that for me changes the culture of a recruitment business because you know nobody nobody likes spending time in a wasteful manner and, and if all you're doing is contingent recruitment the reality is even the really good ones that may be filling one in every three vacancies that they get on a permanent basis, you know, that, that's still only 33% efficiency, isn't it? 
Yeah. You know, I don't know anybody that likes to work in a 33% efficient way. So no. the more contracted business you get, the more secure that business is. You know, you, you know you're investing, you'll invest your time, you know, more and be, be mm. keener to engage and, and get more out of that relationship because you yeah. know that your work is going to be rewarded with success. And, 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 and I think that's, that's an interesting point because I think certainly we're, we're sort of having more conversations with people who are either moving to retain, you know, considering that. And, you know, we'll, we'll have perhaps some hesitations about it because they might be in their comfort zone or they might see that suddenly they have to go from, you know, contingent to retained rather than, you know, it, it, it's, it's a journey as well, isn't it? You know, but what, I mean, what are your thoughts and what advice would you give to companies who I think are increasingly are recognizing that if you are solely contingent, you are quite exposed as a business. And I think retain seems to be getting a lot of, is, is talked about an awful lot. And yet, certainly my experience, and I know you and I have spoke very briefly about this before, is that perhaps smaller SME recruitment companies do see RPO and some of those service offerings as something that only much larger organizations, you know, would offer. And I know that you think quite differently about that. So I just just wanted maybe if you could just speak into that for a minute. Yeah, no, I, I will do absolutely. You know, in terms of RPO, I mean, there are, there are lots of different ways to recruit beyond contingent recruitment. Yeah. You know, you, may, you know, single single retainers, project managed campaigns. You know, you get into the RPO space, and you know, there's project RPO, there's partial RPO, full RPO, and clearly, as, as an SME agency, you're not going to go in and do a full RPO solution you know, doing all of the talent planning, all of the talent yeah. strategy right through and, and beyond onboarding. That, that's going to be on, beyond your capability. Yeah. But, the, but it's about thinking about what can we do beyond the recruiting either side of that that will add value and what could we add into the recruiting process that will mm. also add value add as value. well. Yeah, so it's about what technology could we maybe deploy. Um, you know, the, mm. the really smart people out there agency-wise, some of the smaller ones, one or two I'm working with at the moment, uh, are right on the cusp now of being able to deploy applicant tracking systems, but not as a, it's my tech, I'm the agent, I'm going to be controlling, but actually going to clients and saying, here's some brilliant software to help you be better at recruiting. And if you also want us to be part of the supply chain, we can tap into that. But So they're actually helping the client with their direct hiring, helping the client actually manage process better, Got but you. also being able to then dovetail solutions into that themselves. And, and what that's doing is that's, that's lifting you away from being a bloody good recruiter to, mm. hey, this is, my, this is my talent partner, this is my advisor. And, and all of a sudden you become that go-to person. Oh, maybe we need some salary benchmarking. Maybe we need a bit of advice about where we should advertise. You know, never mm -hmm. be afraid to help your client hire better for themselves you know yeah. because if all they think you're interested in is getting the next job on and charging the next fee they're going to treat yeah. you in that way you're just a yes. supplier that's all yeah. that's all you ever are um yeah. you've just got to move away from that so i think you know thinking about pain points you know what, what what are your challenges as a business you know is it time to hire cost per hire quality of hire what about your retention levels is it managing the process that's, mm. that's awkward and difficult 
you know, don't get me wrong, there's probably about 50 things I could go through as a long list, but those first five are the big important ones. And usually yeah. there'll be one or two or maybe even three of those that somebody will sit up and say, actually, yeah, we've got an issue here. We yeah. need to be better at that. You know, yeah. one, of the, one of the big things that I'm hugely passionate about, and I think we're going to see massive change in the industry in the coming 24 months, 48 months, is the importance that DEI is going to play, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, yeah. having data around that, making sure processes are fair. You know, that, that, that I see more and more now becoming mainstream over the next sort of 48 months. You know, yeah. big organisations are under pressure to demonstrate that they're doing everything they can to bring more diversity in to their organisations to see the culture shift. And I think as an agency, you need to start having those conversations now with clients. Ask them what they're doing about this. What yeah. are they going to change? Even the small end clients are changing because quite often as a as a as a, somebody in a supply chain, you're being you're being put under pressure by those larger organizations to do more in that space as well as a supplier. So everybody's yeah. got a vested interest in, in mm. that. So I think I think there's going to be some really interesting developments in the next, you know, it's happening now. But I think mainstream, I think it might be a couple of years away, but it's, yeah. it's coming, definitely. There's momentum sort of like building, isn't there? You know, and, and it's happening mm. at different rates, I think, in, in different sectors. And I guess it, you know, it, it needs, it needs probably needs the industry to step forward and start driving it as opposed to perhaps being reactive and being at the effect of clients and their clients, if that yeah. makes sense. Absolutely. Well, the thing is, it's it, you know we talked earlier about differentiate yourself. Yeah. And, and look, there's, I don't think anybody can be unique anymore. It's almost impossible. And if you are, no. you won't be unique for very Agreed. long because yeah. people are going to copy it. You know. But it's about how can you, how can you lift yourself out of being the same as the other ninety percent and make you, mm. make yourself one of the ten percent. And yeah. I think you've just got to almost hang your hat on a number of things to say this is what we do and this is what makes us different. Find clients. Who, who will be receptive to that? And I think that's one of my yes. big learnings down the years is, you know, don't treat all clients the same. And actually, there's a lot of clients I've found that agencies work with. that When, when we go through a process of customer segmentation and you look at something about what level of relationship do you have, mm. what are they as a, as a client, if you, if you sort of apply like a Boston Matrix sort of thing, around that customer group as well as where are they as a business within their marketplace, all of a sudden you start realizing you're sort of working with people that you probably don't really want to be working with and mm. maybe actually clients that aren't going anywhere and, and just actually wasting a lot of your time and energy. So one of the important yeah. things for me is, is how do we find the ones that are going to be receptive to our messaging and then invest the time and effort? Because if you, if you try and be all things to all people, you yeah. won't have enough bandwidth to do it. Yeah. You know, so, that's, that's, so that's a, that's a big thing. Yeah. And I'm glad you touched on that because I think, you know, I, I know, you know, one of the things that, that you talk about is how do you know who's the right customer for you to work with, but um, is that they are also right for you, I think is the way that, that you phrase it, isn't it? Yeah. Because often we might hear people, you know, having a good old kind of like, you know, moan, um, you know, about a certain client. And when when you get into the detail of it, and you're asking a few questions, not all the time, but sometimes, you know, the case arises that, that the person that they 
that requires the most time to serve and deal with often are the lower value clients. And yet, if you've got a lot of those, that's consuming a lot of time for not a lot of well, absolutely. revenue. Absolutely. I, I, I refer to them as, as, as energy vampires and, and they are revenue vampires. And quite often, hmm. you know, I've, I've, I've got a, there's, a, there's a client that I was working with a number of years ago down in the Midlands and we went through an exercise and they had this client and they're really important, this client, because, wow, we did £180,000 last year and they were our biggest client. But it was only when we went through the process of understanding how much time we invested in that client, how many vacancies we actually worked on compared to Mm -hmm. how many we've actually filled, how many CVs we've actually sent over there, how slow the feedback is. In the end, we ended up terminating that client relationship and walking away from it. And everybody got quite twitchy initially around it. But Mm. three months later, everybody's like, wow, that was the best thing we ever did. We did. Because we've now got all this time to to invest in clients that actually want to work with us. Do give us feedback. Don't don't jerk us around. Don't lie to us that tell us we've got something exclusive. And then we find out that it's it's been with three other agencies for the last last month. You know, we've got to to sniff those, those people out and start working with people that hold us give us a level of respect you know i, I yeah. genuinely believe sharon that recruit recruitment gets a really bad rub you know we, we, we should be regarded as a professional services company we're a b2b solutions provider and i tell you what good recruiters are amazing in terms of their resilience their tenacity the value that they want to work how much they want to please and and really mm. really you know, sometimes sort out an absolute mess that a client's making of their of their talent yeah. acquisition and, and do a brilliant job for them. Um, mm. But unfortunately, still seem to end up being abused and, and used. And maybe that's because quite often the end client still sees us as, as an industry that is that ambulance chasing, that no win, no fee, unprofessional. And, and, and you know, I think we've got some way to repair that sort of perception in the marketplace but but you know from my understanding and from what i see there's a hell of a lot of brilliant recruiters out there who mm. just need to be confident more, more confident in themselves who they are you know we're the recruitment experts you know and, and, and i don't know many hr people that will turn around and say they love recruiting and they love recruitment why they like to outsource no. it because they hate it yeah it's the uh, rubbish it's the rubbish end of their stick i was going to use another word but it's a it's a rubbish end of their stick they don't they don't want to deal with it. And if they can get the right person that they can trust to do that yes. for them, then, you know, ha- happy, happy days. And I think that's where that's where we need to get to. But it's finding people that we have that mutual respect for. That, mm. That's the key for me. You know, we don't, you know, you don't go and spend dinner, having, having dinner with somebody if you don't like them, if you don't find them no. funny, if you don't find them entertaining. And I'm, yeah. I know it's a slightly different type of relationship you have with our clients. But, you know, for me, I want to go and spend time with clients that I enjoy their company, that we have yeah. engaging conversations, that sometimes mm. we can have some debate and we can disagree. We don't have to agree on everything, yeah. but we actually have that level of respect. And I think, I think there are things that you can do as an organisation. You know, I, I call it sort of most valuable customer traits, but understanding what is it we what what would our ideal client look like what behaviors what characteristics do they have what makes them right for us and and also what would make us right for them and if we can understand that yeah and and somehow rank and how score that rank that 
then you get an understanding of actually, yeah, out of my 50 clients, there's probably these 10 that Mm. should be really special. Now, we might not be making the most of those 10 at the moment, but those are the 10 we need to go and invest the time. Those are the 10 who are going to be receptive to innovation, who are going to sit up and listen when we say, look, something's happening, this is really important, where maybe we lead the conversation about DEI data and the importance of understanding fairness in recruitment process. And Mm. rather than just sort of, you know, pay lip service and and, and show no interest. Yeah. And and, and I guess, you know, that that is is often, I think, where we've seen many websites where, you know, companies will perhaps, you know, talk about, you know, their vision and their mission and, you know, these are their values. And, and they're kind of like, you know, they're on there. And it makes me think of my corporate days when, you know, you'd walk into, you know, the, the reception of a pharmaceutical company and they'd have these big, huge, you know, pictures on the wall with their vision and their mission and their values. And, and that's the first and the last that you might hear of them. You know, today yeah. we, we have them on websites. And yet I, I guess why, why I bring that into the conversation is because you know, if you've gone to that effort to say, look, you know, the, these are, this is what we're about. This is kind of like, this is what we're aspiring towards. This is how we want to work. This is what you'll experience, you know, of us um, as an organization. If you don't then use those values and, and look at, well, look, if that's kind of like what makes us tick, if that's what's important to us as a business, well, then does it not make sense to then, look for organizations where there is a values match. 100%. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that's, that's yeah. exactly what, what we're I don't think for. we're quite there, though, are we? Because, you know, as you say, I think that there is, there is still that short-termism and that, I guess, that mentality of, you know, go and get business rather than thinking of what business do we want and how do we go and get that business? Yeah, I mean, that, 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 is, that is absolutely fundamental to it. And, and one of the key things, I think, you know, for many organisations, they, they probably sort of feel like they're looking up at a mountain right now and thinking, I know where I want to be, but where yeah. I am and where I need to get to, bloody hell, that seems an awful long way away. And how on earth do I get there? And I think I don't think sometimes, you know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to sell myself at all, but I think sometimes that's where organisations need to reach beyond their own sort of level of knowledge and expertise and actually reach out to people who who can help support them on that journey. I mean, I I was in a meeting the other week in Manchester and and rather stumbled on an interesting analogy that seemed to resonate with the room. But because I do, I do a lot of work within professional sport, bizarrely enough, um, leadership coaching and mentoring. And um, with the professional football clubs that I work with, it's really interesting. I go in and I work around the academy managers and the heads of coaching and it dawned on me that, you know, the players that I see, every time I see those players, 99% of the time they're practicing, they're being coached, they're being trained, and they're out on the pitch, but they have, they have physical coaches, they have mental coaches, they have strength yeah. and conditioning coaches, they're on special diets. But because all of that time is invested in the 1% that they're on the pitch to yeah. be the best they, they can be and mm. get the result that they need to get. But when you come away from sport, and particularly in recruitment, it's the other way around. We, we spend probably 99.9% of our time on the pitch. So little time investing in ourselves, investing yes. in our businesses, you know, investing in our, in, our, in our value propositions for an awful corporate word to throw into the conversation. Mm. But, 
yeah, let's 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 look at our product and think what what more can we do? You know, how do yeah. we want to grow? Do we want to do more of the same? Is it just organic yeah. growth? Can we do what we do in other areas? Now that could be other geographies, it could be other sectors. Um, mm-hmm. or do we want to do different things where we're already working and operating? What more value can we add into that process away from being just a bloody good recruiter, but doing yeah. more things to facilitate a better process? And as I said yeah. earlier, there's so much now that you can go and adopt through third-party providers, You know whether that's doing really, really deep dive in terms of reference checking, qualification, verification, social media checking, you know, testing, profiling. You could, you could look at outplacement. You, could, you know, the, the technology, the ATS side of things. Like to, you know, there's so much. You know, you there don't is. have to be an expert in those things. You can go and get partners yeah. to help you. But build, build that into your proposition. Take yes. it to your clients. And, yeah. and you'd, be, you'd be amazed sometimes how receptive they can be to yeah, we'd love to be able to do that. Nobody, nobody's ever talked to us about that before. All of a sudden, you're on a you're on a different journey with that client, aren't you? Just by having that conversation. Well, I think you are, and, and you know, I suppose a couple of things came to mind really as you were as you were chatting there. You know, I think just on that last point, it's like, you know, when you think about everything that you know, perhaps HR are involved in, you know, trying to keep themselves up to date on all the different aspects of HR. I just, you know, it's incredibly challenging. And I think something something that we often say to, or I often say to business owners as I'm chatting, is that, you know, and, and marketeers for that matter, we've all only got so many hours in a day, haven't we? And something I think that, you know, I would not want to think how much we've invested in ourselves, you know, both personally and professionally in terms of development over the years. And we continue to do so. But the beauty is that, you know, we we make all that investment. We spend all that time, but it allows us to distill it into you know, I guess, you know, what works in marketing in in our industry so that other people don't have to do that. And and I guess, you know, if if recruitment companies, you know, just going back to the point that you were making, you know, if if they are able to take their expertise around, you know, ATS and other kinds of software that's available, you know, DEI sort of like software and things like that, you know, that we're touching on, that's huge because their clients don't have the time to go and look at every single piece of ATS systems that are out there, of all the different, you know, DEI software. They haven't got time to do that, Miles. No. They don't have no. time to do that. So they are looking for, you know, external expertise, you know, to, to help them. So, yeah. so I think that's a huge opportunity. I completely agree. And I think the other thing as well is, I was interviewing a client recently, you know, for the Recruit Marketing Sales podcast. And I said at the end, you know, look, you know, from all your years of experience, you know, of and she, her business has kind of been going for about 30 years. You know, what would be some real pieces of wisdom that you could share with, with people who are at the earliest stage of that journey? And the first thing that she said of three things of advice was don't do it on your own. Don't think that you have to, you know, take this journey on your own. You know that there are people who can help you with different aspects of your business. You know whether it's, you know, people like us from a marketing point of view, whether it's, you know, someone like yourself, you you can do that the strategic kind of like planning piece and lots of other things. I know that you do, but but you know there are other people who can help you with different parts of that whole journey of of building and growing a business and building teams and everything like that so 
we don't seem to view it though in the same way as as the sports world does. And let's face it, Miles, going back 20, 30 years ago, the sports world didn't embrace some of the things that they now embrace. So they've been on a journey, haven't they? Oh, absolutely. My goodness. You know, and that's all sports, every sport. Yeah. You know, when you, when you look at, you know, the elite professionals in sport of 20, 30 years ago, they wouldn't, they wouldn't even get a look in, in professional no. sport nowadays. They wouldn't, they wouldn't even be on the track or on the field or whatever, you know, yeah. just not, not conditioned to the same level. And I think mm. as businesses, I think it's, it's exactly the same. You know, we need to be on our A game at all times. We need to be optimized we need to be efficient we need to be effective you know mm. sport embraces you know and this is whether whether you're looking at you know and it's cyclical so some of this some of this some of these organizations have gone up have gone down and so on and so forth but the yeah. reality is is continuous improvement you know is one key thing isn't it the use yeah. of metrics the use of data to understand what we're doing well what we're not doing so well but what do we need mm-hmm. to change and why yeah and not get hung up about being perfect but understanding what good looks like and knowing how to get there. You yeah. know, th- those, are, those are really critical things. And again, we go back full circle to the start of the conversation. You know, I'm a real believer in this sort of plan, do, check, act approach to everything in business. You know, let's, let's, let's understand what we need to do and let's go and do it. And, and do you know what? Some of it will work, some of it won't work. Won't. But, but let's do that review, yeah. you know, and then let's go again. And, and, and you know, for me, the entry point of a lot of the work I do with clients is doing that initial piece of work around maybe a three-year strategy and yeah. or a 12-month plan. But the trouble is there's no point doing that unless you're going to execute it, unless yeah. you're going to then review it. And importantly, yeah. you've got to tweak it every year. Absolutely. Minimum, every year you've got, to, you've, got to, you've yeah. got to redo it again because things change. Market changes, customers change, products mm. change, technology changes. So you've got to review it every year yeah. and go again and, and do do it in small stages. You know, nobody ever mm. got to the top of a mountain by going straight up the shortest no. route because that's the most dangerous route and you're yeah. never going to get there. You you know, you, you climb Everest, exactly, don't you, by don't getting, you? getting established, going to, mm. the, to, to camp one. But have I got the right equipment to get me to camp two? Are the weather conditions right to get there? If so, mm. let's go. If not, we might need to go back, get some more provisions, mm. back to one before we go to two. And it's and it's the same as a business. You know, just because we know our destination and we and we know where we are, but how do we get there? And having having the right partners, whether that's companies providing you with IT, companies providing you with legal advice, marketing mm. support, you know, you name it. You need a great team of Sherpas around to help carry your stuff. You're the yes. one, when you get to the top, by the way, you're, you're going to get the glory. Yeah, you know, and everybody's absolutely. Going to be, wow, look what they've done with their business. Or, oh, they've sold for all that money. Aren't they amazing? Mm. But actually, it was all the great people around them because, you know, Hillary would never have got to the top without his Sherpa. No absolutely. way. No, no bloody way. way. Yeah. You know, not a chance. Wouldn't have even probably got to bloody come to, you know, yeah. or above it without the Sherpas. Because yeah. those are the guys who know they're the guys who know the pitfalls. Those are the guys that know the way, know know the know the dangers, can mm-hmm. navigate their way safely yeah. through storms. And that yeah. and that's why people need to invest in people who've been there, seen it, done it, got the scars, um, yeah. the shortcut. And importantly, I think Sharon, one of the things I always say, you know, to people I work with, it's not just what I can do directly for you; it's what I can do indirectly. It's the other people I know. I can mm-hmm. stop you buying the wrong piece of technology. I can make sure that instead of 
I don't know, paying 5% of gross invoice value for your invoice finance and your back office, you can get better for less than 30% of the price, you know, yeah. and all of a sudden, boom, you know, there's, there's a there's a £42,000 mm. saving off yeah. the bottom line, you know, and that's not going to cost me any time or money to give that advice and make no. some introductions, but it can be transformational for that organisation. Yeah. So I think, yeah. yeah, why not surround yourself with people that, you feel, and, and this is important, you feel are the right team for you. Yes. You're saying that some, some, sometimes you've got to trade those people in and out a little bit. You know, I've been on journeys with clients, really successful journeys, but there comes a point where it's like, you know, my job's done. You need a different person now to take you on to that next yeah. place. It's, it's kind of like, it's not about creating, co- you know, sort of like dependent relationships, is it? It's about enabling people. And, you know, we can take people on a journey so far, yeah. and then it's like they need somebody else then to take them on to that, that next level. Absolutely. So, so just kind of like thinking then, sort of in, in summary, because you touched on some really helpful things there. L- let's say there will be, you know, a whole range of recruitment companies and, and business owners, you know, listening to today's podcast. And many of them will have businesses that are heavily reliant on contingent. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if someone is at that point where they, they realize we need to start doing things differently, what would be, let's say, your three pieces of advice of where to start making that transition away from that heavy reliance on contingency? Yeah, it's all oh, crikey, blimey. I said, yeah. I know, sorry, that's that a bit really pressure, good no question. <laughs> no, that's, no that's, that's all right. I mean, I, I think for me, the starting point with, with anybody is let's, let's just step back from the business and let's, let's look at our business. Let's be critical. Look at yeah. ourselves in the mirror and not always think that we see a, a lion, you know, this big, powerful sort of animal, but may, maybe we are a bit of a pussycat. And maybe, you know, we need to just reflect, I think, and think, you know, where are we now? But importantly, mm-hmm. the important thing is, is where do we want to go and why? You know, yeah. it, there's too many egos in recruitment. Uh, and I think there's a lot too much bloody testosterone flies around in recruitment still. And you people said that thinking they need to be... Yeah, but it's true, though. They think they need to be big. They think they need to be, you know, this sort of thing. And it's like, no, no, this is about, you know, you can you can have a great business. There's no shame in having a brilliant lifestyle organization. There's no there's no shame in having an organization that you can say, do you know what? Actually, it's not going to be a trade sale. It's not going to be MBO. In fact, it's probably going to die when I retire. I'll just I'll just wrap it up. But what, what you need to be certain of in your own mind is. Why am I here? Why am I doing this? What do I need from it in the short, medium and long term? And then you can start building a plan plan towards that. Product will be part of that. Look, there is nothing wrong with contingent recruitment, but isn't it better to have longer term relationships, have have contracted work, have, you know, maybe retained fees or maybe some, some RPO or something like that. But it's, but you have to, it's not about just saying, oh yeah, we want all that. But you've got to understand, is that right for our market? Is that right for our customers? Because if that's what we want to do, and, and we, have we got the wrong customers for that? You know, there's so many questions. And that's where having that independent set of eyes, that person that has, has, has been around the block a little bit, has seen mm-hmm. lots of different things in lots of different sectors and markets, can maybe help you shape that in, in your own mind. But I think having a, having a three-year strategy is always a good idea. You know, and, mm-hmm. and what you set out to do, at the start of that three years, you, you 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 might get there, but you won't get there by a route you think you're going to get there um, because it's the 12-month plan that's important. You know, for me, it's great to chunk it up. 
you know so have a three-year strategy have a 12-month plan Plan. chunk that 12-month month month, 12-month plan up into quarters Mm -hmm. and then don't do too don't try and do too much too quickly or too many things because again you'll dilute what you're doing what's important to do you know what's the what's the urgent important stuff Mm. get on with that do that do that well when that's done then move on to the next thing because because again i think i think sometimes you know i see just just organizations trying to do too much change too quickly that will always fail it's dangerous dangerous place to be you know Mm. you know change can be managed well and can be managed effectively but likewise you know sometimes i quite often see particularly with SME agencies, agencies maybe less than 20 heads, you've got maybe one owner or maybe two two principals in the organization and they're trying to do yeah. too much themselves. Yeah. You know, and they're still working in the business day to day. And it's like, hang on, your job's to work on the business, yeah. not just in it. You yeah. know, so you can't be that person working with all those clients. You can't be that person yeah. filling jobs and still yeah. work on the business because you've got yeah. to spend time on it. And, and, and sometimes, you know, my my job as a as an advisor for want of a better phrase is just to, to actually be that person that challenges them and says mm-hmm. hang on a minute didn't we say we were going to do that what happened so mm-hmm. stop being stop being distracted by the shiny new thing you know just because mm-hmm. everybody's using i don't know video technology you know all of a sudden you know don't, don't necessarily say right we're going to do that don't do it just because everybody else is doing it yeah make sure it's it's right for you mm-hmm. it's relevant and it's going to add yeah. value and help you get where you want to get to because because if if you do anything that isn't going to be part of implementing your plan and your strategy then why are you doing it you yeah. know because I've, I've seen i've seen recruiters recruiting agency owners go off on really weird tangents mm. you know one organization i worked with a few years ago I had to ask, why are you all of a sudden doing education recruitment when your mainstay mainstay is construction and it's the oh well we there was this really good consultant that kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah. But come on, you know, it's unsurprisingly it didn't work out for them because there was no purpose. There was no alignment. There was no it was just like, oh, here's an opportunity. Let's grab it without really thinking it through. So, you know, for me, it's have a it's have a plan, have a strategy, have a plan, review it regularly. I think importantly, don't overstretch yourself as a as a as as an owner, as a principal. You know, you've got to empower other people in your organization to take ownership to take yeah. responsibility you know delegate delegating effectively yeah as, as, a, as a leader is really really important allowing other people to be part of it you know will 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 shed share that load and, and will and will actually allow you to get on and do things in the organization yeah you know i think that's that's really really important as well for me you know just just surrounding yourself with with good, good people. people you know that's that's yeah. again just absolutely yeah. key it really really yeah. is you need you won't get there without a brilliant team of sherpas it's as simple as yeah. that you just won't like, you need to i like that and, story and, i like that yeah and re- reach out to people that you know and trust your peer yeah. network find out who they're using found find out who screwed it up for them find out find out who's done it well for them you know and, and choose choose your partners bloody carefully because yeah. it's, it's really expensive to go and get CRM and then have to replace it in six to 12 months yeah. to build a website and then have to go and build another one in 12 yeah. months, 24 months, yeah. you know, getting the wrong, you know, it's just like hiring the wrong recruitment consultant, isn't it? Six months yeah. down the road, the build jackal yeah. or they've sucked a load of cash out. Yeah. And now you've got to find another one, you know, it just, it yeah. just holds you back. So 
do what you do with real purpose and real conviction, but, but yeah. take your time going through change and things like that. Because if you rush, if you rush to it, it, it again, it's just a dangerous place, isn't it? Yeah. And it has more, more chance of failure if it's hurried and rushed. It really does. Yeah. Well, Miles, that's brilliant pieces of advice and some real gems in that conversation. And I do love that Sherpa story and climbing the mountain. I might have to borrow that one if that's all right. Feel free, absolutely. It just I'm, I'm a big I'm a big fan of, of the great outdoors, and um, I just love watching programs about mountaineering. And I'm just in awe of what these people do and how they do it. But I think it's just such a it's such an obvious thing that yeah, you know why why do we treat everything in that way? Yeah. And um, yeah, you know it's funny, isn't it? Maybe it's because our life isn't at risk, so we take we take risks with our business that we wouldn't take with our own sort of. Uh, our own lives but maybe we need to treat maybe. our businesses with a little bit more respect like that yeah you know? absolutely yeah well look it's been great talking today thank you for some real gems and sharing some of your thoughts and experiences with us and uh, look forward to catching up soon no sharon it's been an absolute delight having you know be, being able to sort of contribute and thank you for having me again and um yeah i just i just hope people find this very use, useful and engaging i'm sure they will speak to you miles Thank you. Bye-bye now. If you enjoy this podcast and this year you are ready to take your marketing to the next level, then check out Superfast Circle. This is a unique marketing program designed specifically for recruiters and their marketeers. You get access to two virtual marketing directors. You get consultancy. You get your hand held through the whole process, training, consulting, and we provide content resources. So go over to superfastrecruitment.co.uk forward slash join and check out what's available.